Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang. Welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join us, as always, for the next hour where we jump into all things gardening, growing, anything green, sometimes a little brown, but we'll try to help you uh, keep your plants, your green plants, from turning brown this morning. You know, the weather is changing, and really in Georgia, we can say that happens all all year long. You know, whether it's getting hotter or whether it's getting cooler, whether it's raining or whether things are nice and dry. Here in the South, we've got a mix of weather. And what's that old saying? If you don't like the weather in Georgia, just wait a few minutes. Wait a few minutes. But we are glad, of course, that the seasons are changing. I like the change in the seasons. I think that it gives us some uh, something new, of course, Uh, maybe some inspiration. I think that just the way the weather feels can sometimes inspire us to do new things in the landscape because, of course, it's all seasonal. It's all seasonal. And you may already be getting excited about seasonal things that are to come this fall and winter. Of course, things like pansies and violas and snapdragons, ornamental cabbages, and, of course, everyone's favorite, mums. How about that? Mums. Mum is the word here because, of course, there are these new crops that are going to be available. As your petunias and your begonias that you planted in the spring, they were little babies then. Well, hopefully they've done a great job and they've been flourishing and blooming and really bringing some excitement to your landscape well as those things start to fade and of course when the first frost hits that'll be their ultimate demise once the first frost hits all of those tender crops like petunias and begonias etc etc they will all fade away but of course your trees and shrubs will do just fine but they'll look different they'll be dropping their leaves changing colors as they fall to the ground And of course, those uh, evergreen plants, they will keep most of their leaves. They may drop a few, that's normal. Don't be surprised if they do. But as all that happens, we have an opportunity to come in and grow some new things, to try some new things for a new season. And so today I wanted to talk just about that uh, and maybe some other topics if we can get to them. But I do want to talk a bit today about creating stunning fall planters. Now I've been giving you some ideas little by little on some new plants to try or different plants, maybe not necessarily new, but maybe new to you. Uh, of course, we've talked about some uh, coral bells, and uh, which is also called heuchera. We've talked about uh, snapdragons, which a lot of people know what snapdragons are, but they don't realize that in our climate, the best time to grow them is to start them now. They'll bloom, then they'll kind of slow down over the d- dead of winter, but as things start to warm up, they will probably 
bloom the best they ever have in late winter. And so if you've missed any part of our discussion here and there for the past few, uh, well, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, you can, of course, check out those ideas for new plants to try this fall at NewSouthernGarden.com, where you can find this program in a few short hours, and you can find every episode that we've ever had available to you uh, right there at NewSouthernGarden.com, and of course, on the podcasting apps. We won't go into all that again. We've talked about that probably every show, but I just want to remind you that if you wake up late on a Saturday and you can't grab the show, then you can online, on demand and for free. So, of course, you need to be sharing with us your questions because uh, we are coming, well, we're halfway, a little over halfway through this month. So we're getting closer to our Q&A week. And I want to make sure that if you have any questions as we go into fall and heading towards winter, if you have any questions or concerns about your landscape or the things that are happening, um, whether they be good or bad, then be sure to uh, send us a question. You can do that at the website, NewSouthernGarden.com as well, or you can send us pictures and videos. Walk us through your landscape. We would love to see what's going on and share that uh, with, with your listening buddies that listen to New Southern Gardener, the New Southern Gardeners, we'll call them. Uh, But anyhow, so check us out on Facebook and Instagram uh, for updates and, of course, updating us on what's happening in your landscape. But, again, fall is on the way, and we are getting closer and closer. Of course, We've talked a couple of, for a couple of weeks now that our average first frost is about October 15th. Now, of course, if you live further north than us here in the uh, foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, then you will be experiencing probably a sooner frost. But again, an average is just that. An average frost means that we might have frost before October 15th. We might have frost after October 15th. So be sure that if you have any house plants that are outside, be watching the weather as we get into October to see if there will be any disastrous weather, any frost and freezing going on in the next coming month. If there is, then of course you need to be protecting your uh, tender plants, whether they be house plants or something that has performed super well over summer. Maybe it's in a container and you want to save it. Well, you need to either bring it into a crawl space, bring it into a warm garage, uh, well, a cool garage. It doesn't have to be heated by any means. Just something, some space, whether it's indoors, inside your house, somewhere where freezing temperatures are not a concern. But again, that is to come, probably just a few weeks away. And then, of course, we'll start seeing the leaves on the trees change and the plants, the trees, the shrubs going dormant, dropping their foliage, getting ready ready to take a long winter's nap so that then they can flush and bloom and produce brand new leaves next spring. And that will be an exciting time as well. We'll just have to wait. So with all that being said, there are things we're going to have to be looking for as the season is changing. And the other thing that we're going to be uh, looking forward to is new plants, an opportunity to grow new things, whether it be in the vegetable garden, you still have some time to pop some veggies in the ground. It may be a little too late to grow them from seed, but of course, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week, we do have a good selection of of winter vegetable crops, cabbages and kales and lettuce, Brussels sprouts, etc., etc., all those things that 
can survive the chilly weather, continue to produce, continue to grow, and give us those delicious, tasty, whether they're the leafy greens uh, or fresh salads that we really enjoy. So whether you're looking to grow those things or maybe you're looking to grow ornamental things, there are some new things that you can find. And we've talked about that. But what today's program is mainly going to be about, again, is the fact of creating stunning fall planters. Now, if you subscribe to any gardening magazine, or maybe you have a great um, uh, library of gardening books with awesome photography and beautiful photographs, whenever those magazines start rolling in this time of year, you'll start to see on the cover, on the cover and, of course, within the pages, you'll start to see beautiful uh, pictures and images of planters, containerized plants that are mixed with all these beautiful things with pansies and mums and maybe grasses. And the question is, what makes those images look so good? What makes a great, stunning container? Well, I'm going to give you the tips today that when you start going into your local nurseries and garden centers looking for plants to use in containers, I'm going to give you some pointers today on what to look for in a plant when you're choosing it. Now, I'll start by saying that regardless of all the tips I give you, the number one thing to keep in mind is pick the plants that you absolutely love. Pick plants that are beautiful to you, that you like, whether it's the color of it, the shape of it, uh, the texture of it, whatever draws you to certain plants, keep that in the forefront. Because when I start designing spaces for people, uh, whether it's in their landscape or create containers for them, my very first thought about design is that whoever is going to be seeing those plants being in that landscape day after day, usually this is the homeowner. The homeowner, the gardener, has to like it, has to enjoy it. That is the key. If you contract somebody to design your landscape or even design containers, like I do for many people, then make sure that they keep in mind what you like. It doesn't really matter if they like the way something looks. It doesn't really matter if they like the way uh, the certain blossoms color, uh, color are or, or flower. It all matters about you. It matters about what you want to get out of your landscape and out of your plants. So when you go into the nurseries and garden centers and you talk with the nice people there who are going to be showing you new plants and things to purchase and take home, just make sure that whatever they are selling you, trying to convince you that you like it. If you get home and you really haven't loved what you have, then you are going to find that for the, for the next few months at least, you are going to be uh, looking at things that don't really bring you joy. These plants have to bring you joy because, again, you are the one who will be seeing them. Whether you're walking into the um, uh, house or walking out of the house, you'll be passing by these plants and uh, you've got to like it. You've got to like it. So that's the number one tip is to make sure that whatever you are going for, you really like. Now, what makes those beautiful containers in the magazines that we see, what makes them so stunning uh, is the way that they're designed, right? Is the not just what's in there, but how they've used what is in the container. 
Now, if we look back at uh, sort of an easy way to remember uh, design, we want to think about three important things. We want to think about uh, the form or the shape of the plants. We want to think about the color of the plants and blossoms, leaves, leaf color, whatever color is there. And we want to think about the texture, those big three things. So I want to start off today by talking about the shape and the form, the shape and the form of these plants. What uh, size plants are you using? Are they tall and lanky, kind of wispy? Are they round and squatty? Or are they very low and sort of spill over the edge of the pot or the container? And I want to use the word container today a lot, but these principles still apply for a bed. If you want to plant some annuals and design a space around your uh, mailbox or entryway or at the front steps of your house, wherever, these principles, they all still apply. So with that in mind, the very first thing, of course, is the shape or the form of the plants. Now, you know, there are many plants out there that are tall and narrow. There are many plants that are short and round. Uh, There are many plants that are very low to the ground and just sort of crawl like a blanket across the earth. So there's this simple thing to remember when it comes to the shape of the plants uh, that I've found. It's been used for a long time. I've seen it in magazines and heard it on other gardening TV shows, radio programs. I don't know who came up with it first, but it is a very easy and simple way to remember how to use the shape and form of plants to create a stunning container or just any any design space. First of all, we want to use a plant that is a thriller. We want to use a plant that is a filler. And we want to use a plant that is a spiller. So thriller, filler, and spiller. Now, really quick, the filler of course, spiller, sorry, the thriller is going to be that plant which is very tall, showy, and just sky uh, skyrockets away from the container, up into the air. Then, of course, we have the filler. And the filler is that kind of round, maybe globular thing that's going to just fill some space. It's going to surround the base of the container right there at the top of the edge. And then, of course, the spiller is exactly what it sounds like. It's going to be a plant that is very low, probably kind of small, but trails. And it may hang down and spill over the edge of the plant. So when it comes to form and shape, we've got to think thriller, filler, and spiller. And I've got a lot more to talk about with that thriller, filler, and spiller when we get back from this quick break. So I'm going to give you some ideas of thrillers, fillers, and some ideas for spillers. So hang on tight, and we'll be right back with more on stunning fall planters. See you on the other side. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well.
All right, all right, gang. Well, today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about creating stunning fall containers. Other than corn stalks and pumpkins and hay rides, I don't know of anything else that is more autumn. <laughs> I don't know of anything that says autumn more than a well-created fall planter. You know, we love to see them in the magazines. We love to see them on Instagram and wherever online. And of course, we even more so love to see those beautiful fall containers in front of our homes or on our back patios or wherever. You know, creating a container is like creating a small garden and it's mobile. You can move it. You can move it from the front, move it to the back. If you're going to have a party on the patio, move them around the patio, wherever. But as fall comes upon us, and of course you may have marshmallow roasts and barbecue grill outs and whatnot, those containers help to create a sense of place. The plants that are surrounding whatever area you're going to be outdoors, you know, of course we have the landscape, right? We have our shrubs and our trees and we have our other perennials, but those containers can add pops and flashes of color and enjoyment. And they help to create an intimacy around a space uh, that really just welcomes people and says, hey, this is fall. You know, whether you're looking for flowers that are yellowish or flowers that are golden and orange or reds, and of course there's purples and yellows. There's all kinds of colors, and you know, it's not just about flower color. It's also about foliage color. And so today I'm giving you my tips on trying to create uh, or helping you to definitely create the best fall planter that you've ever had, the most stunning. And again, we're using those beautifully, uh, those beautiful photographs from those gardening magazines as our inspiration. That is sort of the centerpiece of what we're trying to create. How do those magazine and book creators, how do they make these stunning fall containers? So before the break, we were talking about the concept of using shape and form, using the shape of the plant, the way that it looks, just whether it's tall and lanky, whether it's short and squatty, whatever, using the shape of the plant to create a stunning container. And of course, there's that easy to remember little rhyme. In order to create a stunning container, you need a thriller, a filler, and a spiller. So let's talk a little bit more about this thriller. Remember, the thriller is that thing in the container. It is that plant which is going to be tall and dramatic. This is going to be the most boisterous plant you probably want. Something that is in your face because it's going to thrill you. And it's going to send up its stems and leaves and flowers up into the air. It's going to be like a, a thrill ride. It's going to be like going to Six Flags. It is the most dramatic and intense thing that is in that container. So there's all sorts of plants that you can use, and we've talked about some of these on previous episodes, so be sure to check out old episodes of New Southern Garden on the website at NewSouthernGarden.com. It's that easy. But something like grasses, let's start with that. Grass makes a great thriller because I don't know if anything says fall more than grass. You know, at this time of year, whether say you just have a field of wild grasses growing, 
Well, as soon as winter starts, they're going to still hang around, even though they may lose their color, they may become dry and brown, but they have that structure. They have that dramatic and thrilling structure. Uh, usually grasses are going to be uh, very, maybe not shaggy, but loose and airy, and they're skywarding up into the uh, heavens. Now, those grasses can also produce little uh, flowers, seed pods, whatnot, that may add some more dramatic thrill, uh, because they will be wispy and light and airy, usually different than other things in the container. But grasses are great. Now, how about on the blooming side of things? Well, we've already mentioned snapdragons, but I love to use snapdragons as a thriller in fall containers. Of course, they do very well over the winter, as we've already discussed. But more importantly, they're usually in the range of 18 to could be 36 inches tall. You may find some that are in that 18 to 30 inch range, which would be ideal for large containers. The smaller ones, maybe 10 inches, could work in uh, smaller containers. But modern snapdragons, even though the old-timey ones got very tall, 36 inches or more, the newer varieties that are available in garden centers and nurseries probably everywhere, they will be at least, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, they're coming in soon, I'll guarantee that. Uh, but regardless, the snapdragons will be tall and upright, and that is the form, that is the shape of a plant that you want to use as your thriller. And then, of course, the thrill gets only better because in, uh, well, shortly after they're planted, they should be blooming. And then, of course, in late winter, they will really rebloom again and probably, like I said before, look even better in late winter than they did uh, in early part of winter and late fall. So snapdragons, something that is upright and gorgeous. Now, you can also use something that is interesting or unique as your thriller. And we talked last week about a plant called uh, Mahonia. Now, Mahonia can be somewhat invasive, so using it as a container plant would be just fine, but you may not want to keep it in the ground because it may reseed and populate your landscape. But regardless, as a short-term use, just over winter in a container shouldn't be a problem because Mahonia has these holly-like leaves. They're sort of sticky on the ends. If you have small children who like to play with plants, you may not want to use this. That's a disclaimer. Uh, but it is a dark, luscious green, uh, very different leaf form. And then, of course, in late winter, eh, about February, you will have these brilliant yellow blossoms on the tip that will, again, go up into the air. They don't hang down. They spire up into the air. So a great thriller. There are many options of thrillers out there, but some of my favorites, again, are grasses and uh, snapdragons and even some small, young shrubs that could or could not be used out in the landscape depending on if you have space for it. Now, other than the thriller, we've got to go a little lower down and create a second layer. The thriller's up in the sky, up in the air, but you need something that sort of uh, uh, wraps around the base of the container, or rather the top of the container, I should say, the base of the planting. You need your filler. Now, fillers can come in all shapes and forms and sizes, but they don't need to overpower the height of your thriller. So, of course, the very first things we may run to are going to be something like um, pansies and violas, which can just wrap around the base of your thriller and give you constant color throughout the winter, as long as it's not too cold. Then, of course, mums. 
at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, we've got small little mums that fit in a container just perfectly, and those can be wonderful for color, but also just to fill that that uh, center space that we're looking to fill. Then, of course, you may have some small ornamental peppers. Now, ornamental peppers, I'll say, are awesome in the fall time because usually they're vibrant purples and, and yellows and reds and oranges and whites even. They may even have purple leaves. There's several different varieties that we have at the nursery. But regardless, they are a short-term option, okay, because they're still peppers, even though they're loaded with beautiful uh, peppers of all different colors. Remember, they're still peppers, and they will get damaged by the first frost. So they won't last very long, but that gives you an opportunity to enjoy that beautiful color and then replace it as uh, time goes on and the temperatures start to drop. So Filling or using a filler in your container, again, there's a few parameters you want to think about. It can't overpower or be too tall uh, against the thriller, but it needs to be able to sort of wrap around the edges of the pot, hugging close and filling that middle space that we're looking to, to try and fill. Now, there are some other plants that you can use in these containers short for a short term, but then plant them out into to the landscape, which I think is the best option, and that's the coral bells. Coral bells, or heuchera, are perennials, but they can be planted in your container as your filler, and then, of course, in the oh, late winter when your container needs to be redone or in early spring, then what you can do is take that heuchera, take those coral bells out of that pot, plant them in a shady or semi-shady site, and add them to your landscape. Okay, folks, we've got one more thing to talk about when it comes to thriller, filler, and lastly, spiller. So we're talking all about spillers when we get back from this quick break. And of course, we're going to talk about color and texture after all that. So a lot to come. So hang on tight. We'll be right back. Greenness unfolded for the world to Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, welcome back for the second half of New Southern Garden. Of course, today we are talking about creating those stunning fall containers. You know, those containers you see on the covers of magazines, whether it's Garden Gate or, or Southern Living. Maybe you see them in idea books and inspiration books about gardening. Those containers are wonderful and beautiful, but you can't just pull them off the page. You've got to create them yourself or find somebody who can do that for you. But I know that you can create better containers than you see even in the magazines. And we're talking about the ideas, the, uh, the, the tips, if you will, for creating what you need to know about creating those beautiful containers. So before the break, we had just finished talking about the first two out of three shapes and forms of plants that you'll need for this container. We talked about the thriller, which is very tall, lanky, and spires up into the air. We've talked about the filler, which is more uh, tight, 
round, maybe. Uh, it could still be a loose plant, could be wispy, but it needs to stay right around the edge of the pot, right around the top of that pot. And now we need to talk about plants that are spillers, plants that are going to spill over the edge. So before we get into that, I just want to remind you that if you missed the first half of the show, well, you can find it in a few short hours online at NewSouthernGarden.com. And of course, Facebook, Instagram, we're all there. And you can send us your questions, which we will answer during our Q&A week, which is the last Saturday of this month, every month. We'll be glad to answer your questions and get you the information you need as we transition out of summer and into fall. And it seems to be happening pretty quickly. I tell you, the temperatures have been awesome and amazing. We may have a little bump here or there, may have some wet days or some dry days, but still, I can feel the chill in the air. <laughs> so... With all that being said, check us out at NewSouthernGarden.com or, of course, Facebook and Instagram. You can leave your questions any of those locations and listen to this show and all of our others right there online and your favorite podcasting apps. So, spillers. Spillers, just like it sounds. These types of plants don't go up into the air and they don't wrap around the top of the pot. No, they spill over the edge of the pot. They're definitely going to be lanky, but they're going to fall over instead of climb up. And so once you've found a thriller, a filler, and a spiller, you have a beautiful combination of plants just based on their shape, based on their form. Now, any plant that spills over the edge is technically going to be called a prostrate form or a prostrate plant. Prostrate means lying along the ground, lying on top of the ground, laying out flat. Like if you were to lie prostrate upon the ground, I think the Bible says that a few times, you know, uh, that means you lay out, you're flat, flat on the ground. So when you take these flat growing plants, blanket type plants, and you put them on the edge of a container, it's no longer flat it spills over the edge. It drapes over the edge, just like a, a curtain off of a curtain rod. It's hanging and falling over. And so this can be quite dramatic. As a matter of fact, the spilling can be just as dramatic as the thriller. The thriller that is tall, lanky, and spires into the air, uh, it can be just as dramatic as that. So there are plenty of plants that do this, and you can use a variety of things. One of the very first things that I would, uh, I'm drawn to is Creeping Jenny. Now, Creeping Jenny is uh, a Lysimachia. That's the botanical term, but most people are going to know it by Creeping Jenny. Now, there are green forms, you know, just regular green leaves, but there's also a bright yellow form. It's called uh, Creeping Jenny aureus. Definitely check that one out. Now, Creeping Jenny is a perennial, so you can buy a small Creeping Jenny, pop it on the edge of the pot, and then when you redo that pot in the spring, you can plant that Creeping Jenny in the ground. But just be wary that she is just what she says she is, a Creeping Jenny. She will creep and crawl and fill spaces you didn't think she could possibly reach. But it is a good option for a container because it's contained. And so that 
uh, that plant will just spill over the edge. Now, remember, or I should mention rather, that Creeping Jenny has uh, about dime-sized leaves. There's, as you go to the tip of the, uh, of the stem, the leaves are much smaller, but the more mature near the base are about dime size. So uh, they set, the leaves set opposite each other along the stem, and it sort of looks to me like a strand of pearls or a double strand of pearls just spilling over the edge, except they're bright yellow. And that can be a great contrast for other green form plants. So Creeping Jenny is one. Now, uh, there are some other plants that you may find. We've got some at the nursery that are quite wiry. Uh, there's one that actually is in the name, the word wire. Uh, Mullenbeckia is the botanical name. But Mullenbeckia is another ground cover that we can use on the edge of pots so that they spill over. So with all of these things being said, when you're thinking about what kind of container you're going to build, Think about the form or the shape of these plants first. Think about what plants and look around, maybe read on the plant tag or do a Google search on your phone while you're at the nursery or garden center. Do a Google search to see what that plant will uh, become as it matures. Because some uh, baby plants, when you buy the plants, they're, they're fresh, they're new, they're new to the world, if you will. Those plants may look much different later on in the season. So if you find something that looks small, but it will grow and be tall and spire, use it as a thriller. If you find something that stays round and tight, uh, close to the uh, uh, center of the pot, we mentioned mums, but of course, uh, ornamental cabbages do well as well. And there are those uh, ornamental peppers, which could probably be a thriller or a filler. But then, of course, you need to find those spillers that fall over the edge. So the very first thing to think about when you're designing this container for a stunning effect is the shape of these plants, the form of these plants. Now, transitioning out of form, let's talk about color. Because color is going to be, well, I've always called color the life of the garden. Because color is the very first thing that someone sees from a distance. You may not be able to tell what shape the plant is very well. You may not see how big the leaves are. But what you're going to see from a distance is the color. I think, you know, humans, we're attracted to color. That's why the, uh, the fruits and vegetables we grow are so colorful. We've only selected the fruits and vegetables that are the most vibrant in color. Red apples, green apples, yellow apples, bright red tomatoes, bright yellow tomatoes, bright yellow and green squashes. So I think that color is going to be the life of this container. So use it well. But let me give you some tips on how to use color to your best advantage. There is really no right or wrong way to use color. As a matter of fact, when we start the program, I encourage you to pick things, pick plants for your container that, is, that encourage you, that brings you joy, that things that you like. So you can use color any way that you want to. But I want to tell you that the most dramatic use of color is to contrast the colors you use. Now, we've talked about color before on the program, and of course, you can look back at NewSouthernGarden.com for more details on that. But a quick overview about using color, in case this is the first time you've listened to the program, uh, there are different, think of the color wheel. Let's start there. 
Remember back in high school art class, maybe middle school, even elementary school, the color wheel in the art room, it was always posted on the wall somewhere as some poster. And they may have even had little round color wheels they handed out to the, uh, to the students. But the color wheel has colors placed on it in a distinct and helpful order. The most important, or I keep saying the most important, but the most dramatic use of color is to use contrast, contrasting colors. Now, you will know the most contrasting colors because they are directly opposite each other on the color wheel. And if you want, if you're listening to this program, you want to Google the color wheel, I'll walk you through it, show you exactly what's going on there. If you look at the color wheel and say point to the color purple. Now look directly across from the color purple on that wheel and you'll find some shade of yellow. Yellow and purple, for instance, are the most contrasting of the two. Of all the colors, purple contrasts with yellow the most. Now, look at blue. If you look at blue and go across the color wheel, you'll find orange. If you look at red and go across the color wheel, you will find green. So knowing how the color wheel works will help you determine if you are using the most contrast you could possibly get with your color choices. Now, there are other ways to use the color wheel. You could use colors that are beside each other. You could use yellow and orange and red. Those are generally right beside each other. Now, that is going to bring the hot colors into your container. Great for fall time because Mother Nature is doing that on the leaves as they uh, turn colors in the fall and autumn. And so you could use that to spice up. Hot colors tend to invigorate people subconsciously. It tends to get us excited. So you could use hot colors in your container uh, on a patio or recreation area, whatever you're doing outside the landscape when you want to encourage people to get excited. But then look at the cool side. The cool side includes the, the purple and the green and the blues. They are all touching each other. So those cool colors are going to help calm things down and get people relaxed. So if you have a uh, quiet spot that you like to go to and read a book, you may use the blues and the purples. That will help calm you down. It won't be so spicy and hot. But of course, you can come up with your own color scheme if you'd like. You can use colors that just shades of things that you find in the nurseries that just look good and feel good to you. When it comes to color, there's really no wrong way. There are better ways, sure, but if you like the color scheme you've chosen, then really it's not wrong. It's just bringing you joy, so go with that. But contrasting colors, using purples with yellows, blues with oranges, and using greens with reds, those kinds of mixes are going to uh, be the most contrasting, the most visible when they're placed right beside each other. Now, of course, there are plants you'll find that maybe have a pop of white, White can be thrown in to a mix of certain colors. That will send less, it's not necessarily contrast, but throwing in white will send that glimmer. That, that little bright fleck of white will just stimulate somebody's eyes and say, ooh, look at that white. So you can use a variety of mixes and combinations, but I do recommend to use the um, contrasting colors if you want to give the most impression and the most stun power, if you will. 
Now, when it comes to colors, think of this. In the pansy world, talk about some specific plants. In the pansy world, you have almost every color you could find. You have whites, you have yellows, you have purples and shades of purples. You have blues and shades of blues. You have almost black flowers and you can have red, yellow, orange, and you can have flowers that are variegated. Flowers that have more than one color in the petals themselves. So when it comes to fall flowers, pansies are going to offer, even though they're probably overdone and used too frequently, pansies and violas can add for you some beautiful colors. Colors that uh, pretty much every color of the rainbow. So I think that a container probably should have at least one pansy in case you can't find a certain color you, uh, you really want. You'll probably find it in the Pansies and Viola group. So, gang, we do have to take a break. But we're going to wrap up talking about using color in your stunning fall container when we get back. And then we're going to talk about texture at the end of the program. All right, gang, on the other side of this break, I will be talking about color. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the new Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, gang, here we are for the final segment of our discussion today about creating the most stunning fall container that you possibly can. Now, remember, remember, whether you're trying to flank the left and right side of your entryway to your house with something beautiful and dramatic, or whether you're trying to add uh, something thrilling on the back patio where you're going to have some fall and maybe winter barbecues, you can create those kinds of containers that you see in the gardening magazines very simply and very easily. And before the break, we were talking about the use of color, using color to your advantage to make sure that people, when they see, and of course yourself, when you see these containers, they bring you joy and they please your eye and just make your garden space, whether it's the front, the back, the side, the left, wherever these containers will go, it makes that space feel like somewhere special. So color, of course, the most, uh, rather the most dramatic way to use color is by contrasting them, using purple and yellow right beside each other, using blue and orange right beside each other, and of course, using greens and reds right beside each other. Those uh, groupings there are the uh, contrasting colors on the color wheel. Now, of course, there's different shades of all those colors in many plants, and you can mix them and use them uh, as you see fit. Now, of course, we mentioned white. White can add that flash, that pop of very brilliant, pearly white color that can be quite dramatic. 
Uh, but again, the use of color is going to be ideal. We talked about pansies before we left. Pansies come in pretty much every shade of the rainbow, from white all the way to black. <laughs> really, it does. There's purples, there's yellows, there's oranges. There's I'm not aware of a lime or green flower, but of course, pansies have green leaves. So you get some green in there with your pansies. But otherwise, they're flower color all over the place. Mums are very similar. There are a lot of shades of mums, but usually they stay in the reds and yellows. Primarily, you're going to have lots of yellows, lots of uh, oranges, and several reds. You may have some purples. Now, there's purple, sort of maroon-ish, purple-red, but there's also true purples that are very close, uh, not quite lavender, uh, but a nice purple. And then, of course, there's whites. And there's a great combination of, of mums out there that have both sort of white and yellow in their petals, and that can be a very pleasing plant to use with many other colors. So mums, these are just things that are very common that you'll find at probably every nursery and garden center, but use your color wisely. Use your color wisely. Again, if you want that kind of fall poppy look, you may want to go with some purples and yellows and oranges and reds, but there's nothing wrong with a cool container, uh, cool colors, meaning blue and greens and purples together. So color, contrasting color is going to help you achieve that look that the magazine containers create every season uh, that they publish their, their, their magazines. Then we've got to talk about texture, okay? We've talked about the form and the shape of plants. We've got our thriller, we've got our filler, and we've got our spiller. And we've talked about color of plants, color of flowers, whatever it may be. The color, of course, can come in leaves. Uh, the coral bells have uh, very bright yellow and green leaves all the way to purples and reds. So color can come in more than just petals and flowers. But then for our stunning fall container, we've got to think about texture. We've got to think about texture, okay? Now, texture. Texture is that kind of uh, physical look that the plant has, sort of a feel almost. Now, I'll go ahead and say that texture relates to the size, to the size of your leaf or foliage, okay? So, think about this. Most ferns, most ferns, have a kind of tiny leaf. You know, they may have big, big fronds, but they do have small leaves that those fronds are made of. Small leaves give us a soft texture, very soft. Now, bigger plants, plants that have big, huge leaves, things like, you know, talking about containers, whether you use ornamental cabbages and kales, they have big, large leaves. As well as mums, mums have big leaves. Pansies have generally larger leaves, large and round. Those large leaves give you a coarse texture, okay? Kind of, um, I don't know, shaggy in a way, could be shaggy. But regardless, you've got two main groups of textures. You've got plants with tiny leaves that we consider coarse texture. Uh, fine textured or soft textured and then we have very large leaf plants which give us a, uh, a coarse texture very large leaves now in order to use texture to your advantage to make something stunning you want to use plants that have both 
small, and large leaves. You don't want every plant in your container to have tiny leaves. It'll be very repetitive. There won't be a contrast in texture. But if you have one or two plants that have small leaves and you put them right beside one or two plants that have very large leaves, well, then you're creating a contrast of texture, which can be very impactful. As a matter of fact, you know, you can probably see uh, immediately the height of plants and the shape of plants and you can see the color of plants and their flowers. But very rarely do we actually notice, at least consciously, the texture of leaves. So it's sort of an unconscious thing going on. When we see plants that have small leaves right beside big leaves, it's very dramatic and very impactful, but we may not even realize that that was used, contrasting texture was used to create that effect. So let me give you some examples. When you use grasses, if you use grasses as a thriller because they do get tall and kind of lanky, remember their leaves usually are very thin and narrow, very wispy. So a grass, whether it's um, uh, something like a little blue stem or some kind of fountain grass, maybe it's even an, a, a carex or a sedge, if you will, or an acorus. There's plenty of options at the nurseries for grass-like plants. They give you strappy, thin leaves that provide a very fine texture. But then if you put a mum right beside it, well, that mum has a very broad leaf, very large leaf. And the thin leaves of the grass and the big leaves of the mum create this dramatic texture that can be quite impactful whether you realize it or not. Another example of a fine textured plant I've mentioned earlier, uh, Muhlenbeckia, which is also called wire vine. It's one that spills over and it sort of dangles on these tiny branches uh, that sort of just crawl out of the pot like a spider. That has a very tiny, tiny leaf. It's probably just about half the size of your pinky fingernail. Very small and very wispy. And putting that beside cabbages or putting that, that beside uh, pansies even is going to provide you with a great deal of contrasting texture. Okay, gang, so today, of course, we're about to head out of here, but today we have been talking about creating stunning fall containers. And you can do that if you look for the shape and form of plants using a thriller, a filler, and a spiller using the color of plants whether it's high contrast colors like purple and yellow or lastly using uh, texture texture of plants fine textures and and coarse textures put all those three things together and you've got a beautiful stunning container that's probably better than those magazines well gang for new southern garden i'm nathan wilson hoping you stay well and grow well see you next week Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. 